do it. Let's do it. Let's Welcome do it back, listeners. Welcome back. So sorry for the delay. We had some unexpected issues, but we are back and nosier than ever. We are more up in your business than you've ever wanted another human being to be. We are the COVID nasal swab <laughs> in your gossip. <laughs> we are the thinking man's nasal swab. <laughs> Most nasal swabs are just real himbos, but not us. We are thoughtful. Yeah, no. Swabs. Exactly. Yeah. For oh, those God. who don't know or listen, I am Gabby Jordan Brown. And I am Lucas Arnold, and this is Two Nosy Meerkats podcast. Um, and shall we say, so just a little bit of clarification. So this episode is actually a week late. We were going to do an episode with our moms, but it proved a little bit uh, difficult to organize, as I'm sure you would understand with a global pandemic. How dare you expect too much of us? That's what I say. I yeah, say don't even think about And then later when we create the Patreon, it's going to be like, well, we're expecting this much of you. God yeah. damn it. We put out episodes every week, slaving yeah. away for you. Sponsor us for a minimal commitment on in return. Just, <laughs> You know, honestly, I do want to create a Patreon. and I do, I do too. I do think listeners, I mean, if you guys want to support the show, that's great. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, whatever, uh, it's fine. Yeah. The uh, thing is, what I also yeah. know is that there are tiers to patronage. So you could have be like, I don't know, like a $3 a month subscriber uh, as opposed to like a $5 or a $7 like top mm. tier. And with each tier comes different benefits for the uh, for the person who, for the patron. And so I'm wondering what sort of things we could offer as like and one of them that i was thinking like wouldn't it be cool if we had just for our um just for our patrons like a special sort of q a or live stream episode or some sort of content that's exclusive to them or maybe they join us on the podcast and like tell us what they want us to comment on in real time like something i was gonna say that like we could pick you know three of you guys you listeners to maybe come on for like five minutes on a live stream. We could do an mm. interview with you, you know, talk about yeah. your hopes, your fears, your dreams. Yeah. Anything you and might then, want advice on from us clowns. Yeah. And then another thing, here's the thing. I, I've, over the past year, I've met a lot of TikTokers and they all have like discords. And I'm, I still don't really know what discord is other than that it's like a special little club you're you get to join where you can just like talk with other talk with like a special group of fans but then there's also gaming involved that somehow lends itself to gaming and i i, I sound and feel very old describing it because i'm <laughs> there's actually nothing that makes me feel older than discord i know what it is because we've used it for a couple of like zoom movie nights with friends um okay. i feel like it's one of those things where like if you are 18 and under it's like the perfect intuitive platform the minute you turn 19 it leaves your brain and decoding it becomes like the declaration of independence it's so difficult i going inside the minds of gen z you need to use the lemon juice the swabs you need to you need to just put lemon juice on the discord and everything will become a little apple cider vinegar Mm. and then you can decode it but i really want to understand the mi- this is a segment we should do, Lucas. The, mm. the minds of Gen Z. Ooh, yeah. Because I want to understand what in the brains of Gen Z makes, like, TikTok and Discord and all these things that I don't necessarily understand, like, 
so intuitive. Yeah. And I'm sure they can learn from their relative elders about the wonders of things like yeah. form spring. And before that, <laughs> the honesty box, which really fucked me up. The Facebook form honesty spring. box. Oh yeah, form spring. Oh, I got I form spring. Oh, I wanted to be cyberbullied so bad. <laughs> I remember those words. I don't remember what it was. Seriously? Yeah. Well, here's the thing also is that, well, I'm only a year younger than you. The thing is like, I don't know if I'm Gen Z or millennial because I was born in 95 and some people say like, that's the beginning of Gen Z. Other people say that that's like the end of millennial. So I'm just, I'm just a cusp. I, I think you were millennial because I would, my okay. sister was born in 97 and I consider her on the cusp between Gen Z and millennial. Oh, in my mind, she's just flat out Gen Z. Really? In my mind, that's just flat out Gen Z. Well, she wouldn't like that. Oh. oh but then again, yeah, we're going to fuck her up. We're going to be like Mike Tyson in his 50s. Just <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tyson might know what Forum Spring is. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember one of the last get-togethers I had before I quarantined to fly out was I went to, um, it was a, a going away party for uh, my friend Alex Richards. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was really, really fun. But then we watched Distanced and all the, but we watched the Mike Tyson fight. And the thing is like, it was like, um, it was a bootleg live stream. So we keep had to refresh because it kept like cutting out. But oh it was also God. really funny because they were both like, they ended up tying, I believe. And it was just really funny to see them basically be, no disrespect if he's listening, Mike Tyson, I love your work. But it was basically watching them not at their prime. It was if very... Mike Tyson is listening, please come on the podcast. I'm begging Mike Tyson to join that would us be great. on Two Nosy Meerkats. I want to hear you talk about like 14-year-old drama. Yeah. Um, I'm Mike Tyson and welcome to Two Nosy Meerkats. <laughs> Why does he sound like, like Gilbert Gottfried with a s <laughs> severe speech impediment? <laughs> no, Gilbert Gottfried is... Hi, welcome to Toe Nosy Meerkat. It was like, he's yeah. very loud. What you did before that was like Gilbert Gottfried on mute yeah. a little bit. Like, <laughs> like if Gilbert Gottfried With the had gain like, turned down. That's an audio joke for, for all the- For all, for the, all the, the podcaster nerds out yeah. there. How do you, here's a question. How do yeah. you tie in a fight? Um. Do you just shake hands and go- This would be a- Well, th this was really about the friends we made along the way. <laughs> honestly like i i honestly don't know i just i know neither one of them knocked the other out so because that's like an automatic win at least i think i'm not a boxing fan i don't follow fight fights but um i think there was just like amount of like hits they landed just somehow equaled out or was relatively close that it wasn't worth like a clear win um and i think that they're planning a rematch i think that's what they're doing so when you tie a fight, you just go, let's like procrastinate this and just do the rematch. Yeah. Let's just circle back. And <laughs> <laughs> when you tie a fight, you send each other an email that says, watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> we'll you send a message on Slack. <laughs> <laughs> you pull out your phone and you go TTYL and then you comment on the person's form spring. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, can I ask like, what was your, that reminds me like, when did you get on Facebook and what was your behavior like as a baby Facebooker? Oh because my God. what I think about like what I was like, I was like, I think I was 13 or 14 when I first got on Facebook and I wish I didn't get social media at that time. Cause I would like post on people's walls. I would just be like, hi, I was, I was, it was I, I cringe at the thought now. I deleted my old Facebook because it was so cringe. It was, it was really pathological oh, behavior, Lucas. I was a mm-hmm. psychopath. I don't believe any, I got Facebook later than some of my peers. I feel like I got it like okay. end of eighth grade and it should have been even later for me. It should have been like 18 yeah, years old. Uh, you know, it's the, I don't think a growing mind should have, I genuinely believe I don't think a growing, like at least me, I wouldn't, if I were my parent, I wouldn't have allowed me to have social media at that time. I don't think it's a good thing. My brain was not ready for that. Well, I would say, I actually think that Gen Z, Gen Z is more ready for social media than we were. And here's Mm. why. I think back then it wasn't so common that we were all being surveilled it wasn't like such common knowledge now i feel like every single person like grows up at least in american society with the intuitive knowledge of absolutely everyone is watching me all the time like people are probably watching me jerk off people are probably watching me like what books i'm reading people know what articles i'm reading on my phone so like there's no way to avoid that but i might as well like curate an image out of it and for that reason i think that even the cringy TikToks I see from like mm. young people are like just a lot cuter than what you and I were probably posting That's on Facebook. That's very true. My I Facebook behavior lot, yeah. was insane. It was so bad. I used Tell to, me. I used to post like I mean you know the thing about eighth grade is you just think you're the funniest, smartest person in the room. So I'd post like, Gabby. It you know how you used to have to do it. In oh third yeah, person. and, and like, then you could say is, like Gabby Jordan Brown is yeah is on, like a. Yeah. Uh, uh, short white Oprah, and then in parentheses <laughs> I go. <laughs> in parentheses I'd say that was an inside joke with Victoria. Like, there's so many questions. Who's Victoria? What's the joke? I don't remember. I don't know, Lucas. I don't fucking know any of it. <laughs> Please, okay, if there's anyone who's listening uh, of, our, of our small following, first off, we love you. Please Photoshop Gabby on like a television, like a, a, a TV set as like a short light Just like giving people cars. I would need I'm terrified. But with the Oprah hair, I want the Oprah hair. That's what I want. I want like really big hair on you. Oh my God. No, me too. I want it all. But then the worst part was when I got to high school, I started like really using mm-hmm. Facebook to try and like interact with people, you know, get in where I, yeah. where I could fit in, whatever. Um, I've told this story as like a stand-up bit before, but it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. consolidate. Uh, there was this girl who was like pretty popular and like really cool, who was like mm-hmm. out as a lesbian before like a lot of people at school were. And mm-hmm. she posted a photo of even in New York, there were these Westboro Baptist Church, like, protesters outside, like, being like, God hates fags, whatever. And she posted a photo of them and was like, LOL. And I wanted to, like, impress her by showing how much I, too, hated homophobes. So I commented being like, learned hatred. It's a terrible thing, our society making young people 
hate so early in life. We need to stop this. And she just wrote back, okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's no way you could make that could make you feel smaller. That is not it. No, my God. I was a speck. I was like, like, no, never mind. I hate gay people too. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, I would, weirdly, my mind goes to think like, I always think about like, um, well, not always, but I sometimes think about like what it was like to be like the, the art director of the art school that rejected Hitler and wondering Mm -hmm. like who, and like thinking about like, oh, what a, must have been like to look back and think, oh, I screwed up big time there, didn't I? Just take one for the team, let, let him get into art school. I don't like, know that they that, that person would have been like, I screwed up. Because like, if Hitler- I would have in that position. Like, if, but if I, Hitler I, did everything Hitler did to all those yeah. Jews, I feel like he would have done some Are weird shit at the art school. <laughs> Are oh you God. a denier? I'm a I'm such a denier because you know what he was an artist he was just doing arts arts and crafts. Um, it was performance art <laughs> at a very high cost. A performance art, Lucas, but at what cost? <laughs> Six million lives, <laughs> all for the art. I just think he would have caused a lot of mayhem at that art school as well. I'm not saying he shouldn't have hmm. gone. I'm just saying that like no administration would have wanted to deal with that with young yeah. Adolf. You but know. this is this is like the philosophical question, you know, like a, a train car is headed towards a track with one person on it. No, wait, it's it's headed towards uh, five people on the train track. Do you flip the switch to turn it over to the track of one people? So yeah. it's the, the trolley end, someone, problem. Exactly. The trolley I problem. think you stop the train. How? With the brake. I don't know how trains work. Don't no, no, you, just... you don't get it. No, but you don't get access to the brake. You only have access to the switch changing which track. It Why goes are on. you driving the train and you don't? No, 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 no. You're not on the train. You're on a bridge overlooking everything, but somehow you have. Why am I on a bridge? Magic. Who's driving the train, Lucas? Are you driving the train? Are you the brake? Break the train. Tag yourself. I'm the tracks. Just. <laughs> I'm the one person, like, well, <laughs> of course, like, well, wouldn't it suck to be the one person uh, in the trolley problem that's, like, to the side? Because most people are going to choose the harm reduction method and be like, well, yeah, I guess I'll kill one person. It's like, you know, if you end up being the one person, there's five other people on one track, you're like, of course it would be me in this situation, you know? These five <laughs> people are all on one side, just chilling on vacation. Here I am, the one person alone tied to these train tracks. No one's thinking to break the train. Hmm. <laughs> it would. That's that's such a me thing to be on these train tracks. That's classic me alone on the train tracks. How did I record scratch freeze frame? How did I get here? Yeah. Oh, I just remembered something. We were talking about like um, uh, internet and how like people who grow up with it more, as I think younger generations are, so they're a little more attuned to like what's appropriate, what's not. And I remember like. I saw a photo of someone took a candid picture of Zuckerberg and people, and there was like a big online scandal that he like covers. He has a sticker over the camera on his laptop. Um, oh. Did you see that? No. So even he doesn't, so even he doesn't trust his computer or the websites or anything. He's like, fuck this. And it, it does make you wonder, what do you think he's hiding? 
probably everything. The fact that yeah. he, well, I mean, I guess the first thing is his naked body. Cause like mm. you can be Mark Zuckerberg and know everything in the world. And at the end of the day, you, you're still kind of homely and gross and you yeah. don't want the camera seeing all of that. Um, you almost feel bad for the FBI agent watching a naked Zuck. <laughs> one can't help but feel bad for the FBI watching Zuckerberg naked. <laughs> Maybe that's why you put the sticker on. He's like, this is an act of charity. This is mercy. <laughs> He's a good man. He doesn't want anyone to see him naked. Even he and his wife probably had sex with the sheet on like Orthodox Jews. <laughs> Oh, once i read that mark zuckerberg like and his wife like wrote a letter to his daughter and i've never mm. read it but i i can only i don't what do you think the letter says because i imagine oh, is, it, it's, is it like one of those things like oh open this when you're 18 is it like that kind of thing or because <laughs> they only just started having kids very recently i guess maybe it was like an open letter i think i didn't read it but i feel like it just must say like dear child like i'm sorry that i made this 2016 election so difficult um you know don't let the kids at school make fun of you for it uh it's not your fault um also you shouldn't have been born because i shouldn't have gotten together with such a hot piece because i'm so <laughs> ugly and weird and i don't deserve it um, <laughs> if it's Zuckerberg uh, himself writing it to his daughter, I imagine it would be like, here's how to make facial expressions. One eyebrow raised, <laughs> quizzical, <laughs> step two. It's just like, Let it's me... just like these, are the, these are the emote. This is how to emote that I learned later in life. Because he, he's got a, quite a, a stony face. A weird and a weird fringe, very weird fringe. Bang. Read Mark Zuckerberg's for. letter on Facebook's privacy focus future. No, that's not right. Aaron Sorkin, no. open letter to child. Oh my God, my Google. Were you confusing is... Zuckerberg for Aaron Sorkin? <laughs> no, it's that Aaron Sorkin wrote a letter to Mark Zuckerberg, and that was a different thing. Oh, Mark Zuckerberg to his newborn daughter. We're optimists. Well, his newborn daughter wouldn't understand what an optimist is, guy. Yeah, no. Um, come on. First thing man. a baby learns is pessimism. So that that's that's next level. <laughs> um, have you seen that Elon Musk is like trolling and he's posting like, oh, I can't believe people put he, him in their bios. And everyone's like, well, is he really? you named your child a series of letters and numbers. So I don't think oh you God. have any th leg to Excuse stand Excuse us on. for staying human, fucking... <laughs> Um, my only association with Elon Musk was that I had a coworker who would come to work at 11 and leave at three every day, even though he had a nine to five, just like all of us. And mm -hmm. he was obsessed with Elon Musk. Okay. And he used well, to post articles on LinkedIn about like how you could only work an 80 hour work week to live a happy and fulfilling life. And I was like, well, you work like a two hour work week. So I don't know where. <laughs> an 80 hour work week is that elon musk has said on record that like you have to work 80 hours a week in order to like change the world oh yeah and i had a i had an old roommate who said who like very admiringly talking about elon musk saying that he like would sleep in his office and it would be very minimal sleep and i just thought that's no way to live i would rather be in a cozy bed getting adequate sleep than be a billionaire any day like a hundred percent. I think that I think that Elon Musk's whole success 
is because his name is Elon Musk and it sounds like fancy and corporate. If his name mm. was like Joe Schmuck, he would not, he would just be a weird guy who slept in his office. You yeah. know what I mean? He sounds like an alien cologne. That's, that's what he sounds like. Get ready in 2024. Mm-hmm. The next alien cologne. Bound. The new fragrance from Mars. It's Elon Musk. Elon's Musk. <laughs> Oh, Oh, I think that's the title for the episode. Elon's Musk. Musk. (laughs) We got to rate that NC-17 just right off the bat. Not safe for work. Um, Before we lose the thread on this, Lucas, what were you like on Facebook as a, as a teen, as a youth? Oh, I was, I was, well, first off, like a big theme, I would say of my, teenage years, I would say is FOMO. I had huge, huge FOMO. I always felt like people were hanging out without me. And so I was like, be like, hey, what's up? What are you up to? And like people say, uh, we're gonna go to like a, a park and chill, maybe have a water balloon fight. And I'll be like, can I come? And then no response. And I mm. was, and so I remember there's a lot of that. It was like posting on other people's walls high. And that like, if you had like, if you went to a party with other people or just got together, that you would make a big post saying that you had a great time and tag everyone just trying yeah. to get like atten- and I, I remember doing that a lot. Um, and I, I hate the thought of it. It was. Eesh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used so to do the I- same thing. I would like, I would be like, Oh, what are you doing later? I literally think I saw a post where a girl was like, uh, we might not be around much. And, you know, at the time, I feel like, you know, when you're 14, you kind of think everyone hates you, but you also kind of give everyone the benefit of the doubt. So it's like, you think everyone hates you in the abstract. And then when there's like categorical evidence that someone probably doesn't like you, you're like, oh, maybe they're just being, you know, too honest or something. You just, it, yeah. there's like a defense mechanism thing to be like, well, maybe they don't mean this horrible slight yeah they just did and then it's like when you're 18 or 19 that resentment builds up you're like wait a minute hold on that girl was so mean to me five years ago and by then this girl's probably like at college studying astrophysics and there's nothing you can do about about yeah. it you know i also remember i i do remember like this is i'm not sure if i talked about this on the podcast but i remember um it was in like my first couple of days of high school that uh and i was like a theater kid and I was in like a theater class and we had like free periods and we could sit in the hallways and just chill and have our lunch do whatever we wanted during these free periods and I just joined this group of like other theater kids in my class and they had already very quickly become like a clique but I just but it was like within just a couple days I thought we were all just all getting to know each other so I sat down with them and within like 15 minutes they they started just trying to subtly tell me that they didn't want me there until they were actually yelling at me leave no and and i remember my face felt hot and i just quickly just grabbed all my stuff and went away and it was it was very jarring and it was honestly it's i would say a major reason why i still have a fear of intrusion like Mm. i remember like if we were like mic hopping going to different open mics if i saw like a small cluster of comedians who I knew and I would consider myself friend or at least beginning to get friends with because I was still yeah. only in comedy not that long I would not feel comfortable going up to talk with them or sit by them unless they called me over yeah I would 
I wouldn't want to just like plant myself and just force myself in that space. That still really terrifies me. The idea of intrusion. It's and I've so told interesting to, you say that. I've told that to other comedians. They were like, Lucas, you can sit with us anytime you want. Don't think, just don't think about it. And I was like, I know, I know, but it's still, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause like, I feel like that stuff never leaves a person. Like, I don't think so. I've oh, had, by the way, like, those people, things. and those people I went to high school with, like, um, I, I remember in our senior year, like, we were having, like, one of our last, like, emotional sort of uh, classes, like, oh, looking back on our experience, and they all, kept, like, very, very earnestly said, we cannot believe how cruel we were to you that day. We are so sorry. It was Oh, my God. Sweet. Okay, well, that's we were, nice. <laughs> they were very, very sweet. And now if I see, and I've seen them like occasionally, like just in passing, and it's always super friendly, really, really nice. And I totally understand that, um, that they're, that they're sorry. And they're like, we're just bitchy kids. It, it happens. I'm, and I don't hold anything against them. I really don't. But I do, but I am very afraid of intrusion. It's still a big fear for me. Yeah, it's hard because those are the kind of things that almost feel like, you know, I've been, I was bullied a lot, but I also found out later in my life that I bullied other people and I didn't even, I didn't even realize it because I was so insecure. And like, that's the kind of thing where like, like I knew this girl, we were friends in the eighth grade and I was just so jealous of her because she was so pretty and like, I thought she was really smart and interesting. I kind of thought she could take any kind of bullshit, you know, I leveled her Mm. way. We used to, we used to write this satire, me and a bunch of friends. We would like write in a notebook, like a satire of our school. Mm. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. You know, it was a New York public school, just like about how broke the school was, how like the ceiling was falling down and about all the like weird teachers and whatever. And in the satire, I wrote like a scene about this girl and how she was like this big slut or whatever. And then a couple of my friends saw it and they were like, you can't oh my God, you can't do this. This is so mean. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's satire. I think the worst thing was that I showed it to my parents before I like gave it to my friends. But the worst part is they laughed and they thought it was hilarious. And they were like, you should be on SNL. Oh my God. But then years later, when um, I was in college, one of my best friends was dating um, this girl, Anna from... uh, Mm-hmm. like his college who I knew in middle school and who was good friends with this girl who like apparently I bullied and Anna was like so I know we are we are all gonna hang out soon because you know Leo and you know he's dating me but like Chloe's terrified to see you like Whoa. and I was like wait what and then I hung out with her and she was so nice and we got along swimmingly and it was great but I think I I I didn't know that I like occupied all of this space in her life and i bet you anything if like you know you went back to those kids and you know Mm. they were they probably understood that it was like a very cruel thing to do to you but they also probably see it as like a funny memory they had in freshman year where they like didn't know how to tell a guy to leave when they all wanted to like fuck each other in their little clique you know um so they were they're probably just like they you know if you were like if you were like that left a huge dent in my life they would probably mm. feel so bad because I feel oh, yeah, so no. bad about being so mean to this nice girl. But then I yeah. also hope that my bullies feel bad about all the 
mean shit they said to me. I hope Joey from LaGuardia feels like an asshole for coming up in my face and screaming, you're not funny and you'll never be funny. Like, I hope that he feels so bad. But the fact is, he probably doesn't even remember that he did that. Yeah. I also, did I mention the time I talked about a dog with a long tongue? Did I mention that? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I remember... So when I was in high school, I was at a I was at a party and we're having a nice time just chatting and I was in a circle of people. And for some reason I got to talking about this dog that had it was a, a video I saw on YouTube. I'm sure you can still find it. It's a dog called Brandy. It's a boxer. And this dog had a seven inch long tongue. Um and when it and when it was in the summer, this dog would pant and the muscles would lax even further and the tongue would extend to fifteen inches. Can even I ask get a you to measure it? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. But the thing is, I, I mentioned this and I was like, oh, yeah, I saw this video of a dog with like a, a seven inch long tongue. And then I didn't get the response I was expecting. Everyone was looking at me like very scared and horrified. And then I don't know if you've ever done this, but I sort of listened to the echo of the sounds that came out of my mouth. And I realized I accidentally said seven inch long penis. And and then I just turned to my friend Ashley. I was like, did I just say penis? And she said, yeah. And then I just left that circle. <laughs> I just walked away. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> I just made people thought that I was looking at like animal porn or something. I was, oh, that was. But that's the tough thing about being a kid. Cause like when you're a kid, you're in that conversation. No one knows how to react. Everyone looks at you funny. When you're an adult and you have that conversation with like funny, nice, evolved people. If you yeah. told me Lucas, like a dog had a seven inch dick, I'd be like, how do you know who measured it? Like, what are the questions? And then you'd be like, oh yeah. my God, I'm so sorry. I meant tongue. And then I would respond, ha ha, that's crazy. What a Freudian slip. But I was hoping yeah. the dog had a, and then we would just banter from there. But when you're a yeah, kid, yeah, yeah. every little thing that you say wrong yeah. feels like a bomb in the conversation. Well, you're also so much more vulnerable when you're younger. You're yes. so much more. And But I remember, actually, it was on the flight over to London. I actually, on the same flight, was one of the dudes in that circle. He <gasps> happened to be on the same flight. And I hadn't seen him legit since that night. I don't, and, but it was a very cheerful conversation. He, he didn't think like, hey, you still looking at, at dog nicks? Like he wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. Um, so yeah, shouts well, out to you? Hans. No, I'm not. Not yet. I'm not looking, no. I, 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 haven't, I haven't been so, I haven't been so moved to look at. <laughs> not so inclined, not yet. No. This this okay, but for real, I do have a question. Um, so like dogs typically do not have balls; they're like um taken care of. Um, they're neutered and spayed. Do you? But when you see a dog with balls, is your eye not drawn to that intensely? Yes, it is. Also, I'm, yeah. I I I I hate to say it, but the lizard brain part of me is like that's a very like rugged masculine dog, as if it chose, as if it chose to keep its balls. Well, the thing, did you see that story about like um there was um it wasn't Harambe but it was a different famous gorilla that apparently had very masculine like brooding features at a Japanese zoo and apparently like a lot of women would go there just to look at him because like he was very attractive but the thing is like the longer you looked at this gorilla the longer you thought I get it <laughs> no I yeah I'm sure that's true there's a 
lately one of the things we've been doing to soothe ourselves in this mm. casa is um watching videos of kangaroos fighting oh um, because yeah. when bouncing on the tail and kicking doing that they, they yeah they look crazy they like they kick in this crate i want to like even try and demonstrate it for those looking on youtube like they kick in this yeah really non-intuitive way and then they come up and then they like uh, they almost go into each other like, torso first it's really quite beautiful but then you see these just brolic kangaroos oh, yeah. and you're like a muscular kangaroo is something to behold you're like these are some, and to be clear listeners i'm not saying you all should get involved in bestiality. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you can appreciate- If you did, choose a kangaroo. <laughs> or a Japanese gorilla. Yes. I'll stop interrupting you. Go on. <laughs> so, there are features on an animal that you can see transferred to a human thinking, like, have you ever, Lucas, have you ever seen a mm -hmm. dog and thought that would be hot if it was a person? No. What? <laughs> I don't think I... I mean, I've definitely thought that dog is beautiful or that dog looks very elegant in its, in its shape and or like has very beautiful eyes, very soulful eyes. I've definitely thought that. You've but... never looked at a dog or a cat and thought, if that were a human being, this would be a hot... This would be someone I'd go for or something. Here I am revealing my <laughs> deepest, darkest secrets to you. And you're okay. like, what? if it's like, if it's an animal in like a Disney movie with very human features, definitely trigger something. Like the beast in Beauty and the Beast and how the beast is way hotter than when he turns back into the person prompting, yeah. what's her name? Emma Roberts, Emma Watson, what? Emma Watson to be like, Emma Watson, yeah. Um, hey, what about growing a beard? That's the, that's the end of the Beauty and the Beast Disney adaptation. He turns yeah. into a human. It's a happy ending. And then Emma and Watson like, goes. Eh. <laughs> I'm sure they break up. That's the truth. I'm sure that yeah. there's a happy ever after where her and the Beast just like date or whatever. And then she's like, no, God, this is not rugged enough. I'm going to go to like the leather club and find a bear. Oh, yeah. No, she's. No, I, that reminds me. A friend of mine sent me a meme of like, um. Uh, I think it was like Dracula about to prey on someone or this person thinking like Dracula is about to prey on them and be like, oh no, Dracula, don't take me and suck my blood. And then it ends, but then Dracula goes, what are you talking about? I have kink people who just volunteer themselves to me. <laughs> and like, and then it just cuts to like a person going, yeah, this is my thing. I just, we met on FetLife. This is totally consensual. And that's yeah. the end of the comic. I see that. There's some people I see like tweeting about their shitty ex-boyfriends where I'm like, you would go for Dracula, wouldn't you? And mm. it'd probably be better than some of the people who you're tweeting about right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing I remember being told about in high school, that the appeal of Dracula, the reason why it's so popular is because he's sexy. There's no, that ha that is an essential element of him. It's also the same reason, did you... Did, have you ever seen the movie Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock? I actually haven't. I'm such a bad, like, cinephile. I need to... Okay. Need, it's need it's to definitely watch. one to watch. But, uh, so there's, like... This is not a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, but, like, there's this dude called Norman Bates who um, uh, is a killer, and he runs Bates the Bates Motel. And it was very important that you have, like, a struggled opinion of him. And... Because, like, he's this awful person, 
but he has to be attractive in order for you to be to sympathize with him and that's Isn't why they have to cast like with a his mom dude. and that's the whole thing yeah 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 um but yeah, in order to have like the conflict of how the audience feels about them to make them really interested, he had to be hot. And they say that categorically, that the they had to I hire a hot I think that's true dude. of so much art. And that's so, it's it's sad, but it's also beautiful because on the one hand, like we do love seeing hot people on our screen. But on mm. the other hand, I mean, I honestly think like, I love AOC. I think she's a genius, but I think part mm. of the reason she can unite so many people who wouldn't typically go for her politics is because mm-hmm. she's very conventionally beautiful. Oh, yeah. She is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. my God. She's a st- she's stunning. I, I, I never want to idolize politicians, but then I see her and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I want to watch all your live streams. I want to be your best friend. Yeah. I'm desperate to be in her group chat. AOC, if you're listening... Um, first of all, why? <laughs> Go make a policy, AOC. Stop listening to our podcast. You will not learn anything new here. Second of all, come on the podcast. Don't listen yeah. to it. Just come on. And third of all, um, you're very beautiful. You should say hi to me. Just like, I have a girlfriend, like nothing more than saying hi, but just like, say hi to me, you know? But but you could also like try something like nothing's gonna happen. But you could also like just flirt and just see what happens. You know, just just just. I would not let AOC flirt. If AOC made a move on me, I mean, it would. I I couldn't say AOC makes a move on you. What would you do? No no no. You 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 ask for forgiveness later. Just look. But you got to go with the flow. Yeah. We can't we can't even let it go there because it's too. And you know what? She has a beautiful a nerdy elf on the shelf boyfriend i say yeah, elf on the yeah. shelf because he looks like a little elf he looks like red he does yeah no i saw i remember um did you see the documentary about like her and all the other representatives when they were trying to get elected i didn't and see it but i know it exists that was where i first saw her boyfriend i was like oh they're such a cute nerdy couple it was it was just so sweet Oh. Yeah, I liked it because um, I heard that, I read the profile about her in, um, mm-hmm. oh my God, what magazine, Vogue maybe, and they were saying that um, they went to like a liberal campus together and that in oh. discussion he would bring up like devil's advocate points and I was like, even AOC can't get away from the white male devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> no one in this world can get away from it. My father is one, I'm becoming one. <laughs> there is no... <laughs> There's no safe space from it. It's just it infects everywhere. Much like a virus. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I don't know why, I just thought of speaking of the virus, but yeah. will you tell your listeners where you are right now and how yes. you're liking it? So I uh am in London, England right now. Uh and it's because my mom lives here. Um for anyone's curious, uh, I was born and raised in New York. My mom was there for me when I was raised me in New York. Um, and she when you were born, that. you were <laughs> when I was born. My mom was there. <laughs> no, wait, that quick, one quick one-liner. There, there's a great joke by Stuart Francis, who said, uh, "I didn't know my mom very well. She left before I was born." And <laughs> I just I love that one so much. Anyway, no, but my mom moved back here five years ago to take care of my grandmother who um uh, has alzheimer's um and so yeah so that's why she lives here anyway so i am here i have not seen my mom since last year usually she comes over twice a year um for like 
my birthday and Thanksgiving, and then I go over here at some point in the summer and for Christmas. Um, but because of COVID, uh, we haven't seen each other since Christmas last year. And luckily, very, very luckily, I was able to get a ticket and come here. Um, and then a new strain decided to say hi, and who knows what'll happen. Yeah, can um, you leave England? This is interesting. I've, so I've, <clears throat> I've looked up the information, and a bunch of countries have banned uh, travel, not the US. What the US is doing is they're just restricting travel to those who have tested negative before departing. And all I can say is, wait, were we not doing this the whole time? Oh like, my god. This is, seriously, no, like this is exactly how I feel like when we when like the pandemic first started and like the New York City subway system was like, all right, we're gonna start cleaning the trains. And we were like, you weren't cleaning the trains? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I it's funny because I've been watching How To with John Wilson, which is an incredible mm -hmm. show on HBO Max, and it shows all of this B-roll from New York when they shot it in 2019. And I was like, these trains look different. Why is that? And I realized it's because they're fucking disgusting. Yeah. I've read that they've discovered on the New York City trains, like, pathogens that did not even exist before they were found on New York trains. New York trains Whoa. somehow procreated and procreated and had little germy babies until, like, I don't want to say it caused the coronavirus, but there's probably just, like, if you licked a poll you would just get like yeah. 30 other viruses that probably aren't even contagious probably just unique to you at that point you'd just be like i have train virus um but so yeah. if you so if anyone has aspirations for being patient zero for something get to new york city get on the subway would you want to be patient zero patient has has patient zero for would, COVID ever come forward i want to have a virus before it's cool that's it's a dream of mine no but for real can i just say like so <clears throat> So before I flew out, I uh, quarantined for two weeks. I didn't go out for anything uh, that wasn't necessary, as well as getting tested. And then when I arrived at the airport at JFK, <clears throat> apart from everyone wearing masks, it was a completely normal procedure going through customs. Mm -hmm. It was honestly like the smoothest travel I've ever had because there were so few people flying. Yeah, no one was there, and probably. <clears throat> It was, it was just so crazy because I thought I had to fill out a form ahead of time that the UK government required, which said like, you know, where have you been for the last two weeks? Have you been out of the country? Where are you going when you arrive? How long is your stay? They were right. keeping track of everyone's movements. And I thought, okay, this is a good thing. There's probably going to be someone at customs who wants to have my printout of the form and ask me to confirm. No one did anything. There was no checkpoint. There was no special procedure. There was just... I could have lied on my form and just sent it off and then arrived at the airport business as usual. <sighs> it was really scary. No. I just, I was really scared. Oh, and can I say, okay, I'm sorry, but I just, I need to talk about it because it it's made my blood boil. Yes, is please. that when I arrived um, here, it was like early in the morning. And as I was in the car with my mom, uh, I could see kids on their way to school in their little school, in their school uniforms. Most of them were not wearing masks. Oh, just man. walking out on the street. And then yeah. so many people on the street not who were adults also not wearing masks. And then my mom and I, we went to do a bit of shopping at the supermarket. And sorry. And we did a bit of shopping at the supermarket. And so many people inside the supermarket were not wearing masks as well. <laughs> like enough that you couldn't 
like I wanted to be like, hey, why aren't you wearing your mask? Because I would never get around to everyone and that I wouldn't have affected change. I would have just made people mad. But I was, it was scary. Shit's you know, crazy in this country. Honestly, I feel like Western culture is very weird about masks to begin with. Um, I don't know that I really ever want to stop wearing masks, even like when this all goes away. Like, obviously, I'm not going to be like in the club dancing to WAP in my mask, you know, but like <laughs> on an airplane in the supermarket, I'm starting to be like, damn, there's really no reason for me to just like be cool with people just breathing all over me. Like, I, I look at old TV shows now and movies, and I'm like, that's gross. Like, you guys were all just in huge crowds, like no mask, just vibing, yeah. you know? And it makes me think about how like people have said that the the spread of COVID in uh, certain Asian countries like was pretty contained because just most people intuitively wear masks. Yeah, anyway. they were already been wearing masks, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I think that uh, Western culture is just pretty weird about public health in general. I think there's it this is, weird thing where we all want to make yeah. it one we, one big club and everyone wants to be in each other's space because that's how you do things. And there's no reason that that's how any of us should do things. That's true. But at the same time, as mu- as like gung-ho as I was about wearing masks, I do really, I love not wearing masks and I miss the time where we didn't. It just, it oh my was God, just so much same. easier. I get it. I miss, I used to be able to just, uh, go to a party and sm- take a joint from whoever and th- i'd be like yeah, what yeah. is it and then they'd be like i don't know and i would just take it no questions asked <laughs> and you'll be like ah we I'm young. <laughs> grew up in new york city we were probably if if you like it, i had like the spatial skills of just an anvil and i grew up riding mm-hmm. the subway and like kind of like barely looking where i was going if that's your case yeah. you're probably immune to sh- lots of shit by now <laughs> I've touched a lot of high-touch surfaces in my day. I've breathed on a lot of people. Um, I've made out with a lot of people. The world, okay. well. We got a badass over here. I meant that from a germ perspective, not like a sexual bragging perspective. <laughs> I've actually not. You know what you're I've actually yeah. not made out with that many people comparative to probably like how much other people have made out with people. It's hard to say. Okay. Wait, what do you how think many, for wait, you? Wait, how do I compare to most people? Yeah. Um, that's very tough. I mean, like, well, the thing is, I've I saw someone say like a natural, like a national average of like how many people a average person sleeps with was about eight. That's that's that feels low to me. A national yeah. a- average in the United yeah. States. I think so. I I saw that it was like eight people was like the average count. And well, I was that, like, oh. that feels to me about like how they say like the average person eats eight spiders a year. Like to me, that feels <laughs> like one most you're just people... like making out with people in their in your sleep <laughs> just like oh uh, they just they live they live in the walls they just come out and just slobber all over you in your sleep. <laughs> It feels like most people maybe eat one to two spiders a year. You equated that to spiders. What? I, it's like an, I'm, I'm equating it from a statistics standpoint. Most people maybe swallow two spiders a year. 
accidentally, obviously not on purpose, and then maybe one person just loves eating spiders and eats 50 of them, yeah. and that's what ends up ultimately making the average so high. Yeah. So maybe it's, like, all these people <laughs> who, like, only marry their high school sweethearts, they all sleep with one person, and then there's the yeah, people whose yeah, body yeah. count is, like, in the hundreds or so. Um, and then all together, it creates the average yeah. of eight people. Well, that's an interesting thing uh, in terms of like which average, you know, I'm guessing what people, I'm guessing from that statistic, they meant the mean. So like, mm. like uh, adding all, all of them together, then by dividing it by the total count. <clears throat> and I'm curious what the, the mode is, uh, the mean, median and mode, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> like the most, the most frequent number that, um, that how would I even have. Google search this? Um, how what is the mode of what is the mode of how many sexual partners people yeah. have oh my google searches are awful this um, is, i'm very intrigued now average, and then what the median is oh there's hours of fun to be had here here's our process the average mm -hmm. number i i can't find the mode i keep finding the God the, damn it. the mean this is this is the science that needs to happen uh, we got to figure this out, Lucas. We got to yeah. ask every single I want, person in the United I want States. All, I want all three averages. I want the mean, median, and mode of people's body counts. I want it now. And isn't there a fourth one or am I bugging? Is there a fourth one? I, I, I always remember just mean, median, and mode. That the, that the one that fits like most in the center, the one that's most frequent, and the one that's like, like a typical Mean, average, median, like, mode, and range. Range. What was, oh, that was like the top minus the bottom. Yes. Wasn't Honey, yeah. we've got range over here. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, this is such a nerdy but sexy conversation. I like it. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is how you know we're probably, are yeah. we lower than the mean or higher than the mean? Though so that's the question. You and I, well, we were higher than the mean. We're, we're, we're no But lower no than peasants. the mode. <laughs> oh yeah more lower than the mode maybe maybe and we're and we're right on the median yeah we we are the median this <laughs> we are a medians. factory we are the medians. <laughs> medians wait i'm in who has the time to be the top <laughs> i'm gonna pee and then think about this more i'll be right back yeah yeah go go pee okay and we will be right back. I've arrived. I'm back. Sorry, listeners. I'm on my crimson wave. Oh. Mm -hmm. How how many how many days in? How how are you faring? Um, I got it on Christmas. Classic anti-Semitism <clears throat> um, from my body. God damn it. And homophobia because your body I makes no room for Jesus. Literally, just like. <laughs> My body rejects Jesus coldly in his tracks. I'm like, I don't want to fuck Jesus. I don't want My mom always said a funny thing about nuns. She was like, how are you all married to Jesus at once? I mean, doesn't that technically make him a polygamist? Yeah. Because it's not, it's not polyamory. They're not getting it. Well, then again, I know that a lot of lesbians go into nunnery. So, so maybe behind the closed doors, they're getting it on with each other. But uh, I don't think officially that's what's going on. So it's polygamy and not polyamory. So Ooh, interesting. I, I've mm. been thinking a lot about polyamory lately because I've been watching mm. The Bachelorette, which I just finished. <laughs> and How was I've, it? Oh, it was great. 
it was great. It was, um, it was weirdly heartwarming because I feel like, um, I've been reading a lot about how, you know, Bachelorette and Bachelor has been going on for so long that everyone's trying to make the most shocking possible endings and everyone's trying to manufacture the biggest, like, surprises Mm. in TV. But in this one, the biggest surprise was just that everyone was nice and mature throughout it. Like, there was just a really solid, sweet proposal. And then before that, there was a guy who quit because he was like, Honestly, I thought I was ready for marriage, but I'm not, and you're great. I don't want to, you know, lead you on when I probably can't commit. And then he left. And then there was another breakup where the bachelorette said to this guy, like, hey, I really like you, but you're agnostic and I'm a Christian. And I, my faith's like really important to me. So it's nothing on you. I just don't want us to get married. If you're That's a very mature thing to say. I really respect that. It was wonderful to see, like, I think the biggest surprise, you know, maybe, like, other people would have wanted to see, like, super messy, disgusting television where, like, people get their hearts ripped out of their chest. But it was nice in the year of our Lord 2020 to see, like, just grown adults making, like, informed love decisions and Mm. genuinely creating connections that either would or wouldn't work out and just, like, everyone being like kind and civil along the way. That's Uh, beautiful. That, that genuinely makes me so happy. Anytime I see that happen. I I love that. That's, it was great. It was great. I love that show, but I've been thinking about polyamory in regards to it. Cause I'm like, they really trick all these monogamous people into being in a polycule for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're all dating her. And then they have to like, bro out and sit together while they like talk about the dates they're going to have with the same girl, you know? Do you ever, do you ever find yourself going on like YouTube rabbit holes about like, like more Mormon polygamous like families? I've gone that uh, a couple times just seeing like how they rationalize it. And they always say like, Oh, it's so nice just to give someone else my husband and just get rid of him after a while. I was like, it sounds like you don't love him. I was, I was like, it doesn't sound like you like him that much. It's funny because I feel like maybe they all get to be friends because they're, like, sharing a husband. They get to come back and be like, oh, Dave was so annoying today. I know he does this ridiculous thing. Like, and then they all bond about it. And then Dave comes in and is like, all right, I'm sleeping with this wife tonight. And the other wives are like, good luck, sweetie. Like, make him come tonight. (laughs) Make make good choices. (laughs) Use a condom. We don't want a third half sibling. (laughs) Wear your coat. It's cold outside. <laughs> Just like... I really believe that any at the end of the day, any consensual lifestyle is oh yeah pro- is probably like not only fine for the people doing it, but also like worth exploring and asking questions about. Like I'd be very mm. curious to like one day on the podcast get like three different guests and they all do different like weird dating stuff. Like maybe one of them's like Ooh. a poly polygamous polyamorous. Ooh, just asking about like sort of um about like just behaviors or relationships on the fringes of what's typical. That's very interesting. I like that. Yeah, like someone who maybe like got monogamously married super young, someone who's like a polygamist, polyamorous, and then someone else who like maybe has made an oath to stay single forever and then just see what mm. what how they all compare their their uh yeah. their experiences. What I'm very fascinated about is something I don't understand necessarily is people who are 
asexual but romantic. And I'm very curious about like how they express that side. That's something I'm very fascinated by. Oh yeah, we've talked about this. It's like, uh, cause my ex had a partner who was like that, which is so mm-hmm. crazy to me. It's like, uh, you know, you, you don't want sex. You're not interested in sex, but you express mm-hmm. romance through like cuddling and I don't know. Some asexual people don't masturbate because they have no interest in it. And some people mm-hmm. do masturbate, which I do find interesting because they need a physical release, but they don't find it pleasurable to get a physical release with another person. I had a roommate, actually, a roommate when I was in college who she told me, she was like, I don't really feel attracted to people, but I still bang. Like, it was, hmm. it was, very, it was very odd. And she was, and, and I was like, do you masturbate? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, what do you think about? And, I, and she was like, honestly, it beats me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I understand. <laughs> and so I still don't really understand, like, what was like how she rationalizes like sex because she definitely was like a, uh, a and sexual person but was also asexual it was very it was very confusing you can um, be like demisexual that's what some people call themselves yeah um, where you need like a soul connection and then you become like like i've heard that before um, yeah but i don't and then, know and then it's, i've heard like yeah. older male comedians be like that's just called being a woman just like Oh my god! And then that's called being the one who makes me breakfast every morning, <laughs> and then I slap her around. And that try that on for asexual. <laughs> Put that on your my face or your Facebook. <laughs> Just Facebook. I had a history teacher in um social studies teacher in high school who said, uh, you know, when you're, he sounded like Bernie Sanders a little bit, uh, shout out to Mr. Dreyer. Um, he, he would say, you know, when you're on your, 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 my face or your space book or what he just kept, he kept, he kept mixing words together of different social media. It was just, uh, I love that. Oh, uh, Mr. Dreyer. Really he sw- does sound like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And he always, he was always very color coordinated. He always had like a pair of slacks that were one color, a button up short sleeve, a short sleeve button up shirt that was a different color and a tie that was somehow a combination of both colors. He always did that. Oh, snazzy man. You got to respect him for that. And he, yeah, he always had such structure for to every class where he would begin the class a little conversation you would sum up uh, what is what is the aim for today and then you would write the aim on the board and then we would have a whole lesson and then at the end of the class he would say answer the aim for me it was always so structured and it was very like like i don't have ocd but when people describe it i sort of get it and i like the structure it was all very sort of mentally mm. soothing it was like you could always count on like him to you knew what was coming it was always it's very comforting like that. This reminds me, we have a story about teachers in our listener submissions <gasps> yes. today. So we're going to go to submissions. Let's move ahead. We got some fun ones and we also looked back in. We, we've had two forms floating around. I feel like we might even yeah. at some point want to create a third form. I think it might be on the cards, yeah. Yeah, um, which I can do soon. But uh, we've pulled a couple from our first form. We mm-hmm. pulled a couple from our second form. And then we also had an email from a listener. And the subject line was my stupidity, which was like a little bit, you know, don't don't be yeah. self-deprecating. It's okay. Leave that to us. No, let us tell you that you're stupid. Don't 
you tell you that, (laughs) you know? We will read your submission and go, we think you're stupid. Just kidding. Yeah, Um, exactly. So, once in English class, we had a bitchy, self-entitled substitute for almost three months. She didn't teach us anything at all, just kept giving us multiple assignments. We did try telling her that you're supposed to teach texts. The point was, we all knew this, she was lazy and probably had no idea how to teach, so she dragged the class. It was online and we slept anyway. In the end of her oh-so-powerful reign, she made us do an assignment to give us our monthly grade. It was on Virginia Woolf's The Lady in the Looking Glass. She gave questions directly off the internet, that too. She gave from multiple sources because many questions were overlapping. I did finish it on the submission date. I whined for three hours while writing, complained and cried a lot, criticized her and cursed her a lot, but finished the assignment. It was 2,500 words and uploaded on Google Classrooms. It was a Friday. On the weekend, my family took a road trip. After returning from said trip, I opened Classroom, which I guess is an app, for Mm -hmm. no effing reason. I did it on impulse, sixth sense, nobody knows. I saw that English assignment that I had uploaded the file, but hadn't submitted. She probably (gasps) saw and gave me a horrible grade, even though my assignment was the longest and most elaborate. I hate myself, but I hate her more. She never returned, but everyone still laughs at me. Oh my god. Oh. The worst thing of the worst thing about teachers is that there are so many that genuinely hate kids <laughs> that will vocally tell you that. I was told by my French teacher in high school um that she was like I hate kids and it was always very strained in her neck. She was always like that. She was she wasn't a ha- and she would also say she would also say je suis singular. She would always tell us that she's single and like mm. and that she was and that she was dating but couldn't make anything work. She told us that every day. To be fair, she, she was, was French, so no, she wasn't. She was American. Oh my god, what? Okay, never mind. Fuck it. <laughs> I have no more excuses for her. Yeah, she kind of looked like a deflated carrot top, like. <laughs> Because Carrot Top was, like, quite bulky, but just, just... I'm just imagining, like, a flat, just, like, balloon of a person. She looks like Gumby, but with Carrot Top hair. Oh, my God. So you guys are married. (laughs) Yeah, and we're expecting our first child. Oh, baby Carrot. (laughs) Baby Carrot Top. Carrot Bottom. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, But, yeah, Uh, there are... There are mean teachers out there. There and did you ever have like a teacher that you tried to tell your parents about and your parents wouldn't believe you? Yes, I had a teacher. The one I told you and Dan Frank about who screamed at a child being like, yes, you don't oh really God, know who Desi Arnaz is. Um <laughs> my dad didn't believe me that I would you know, I kept so one thing I wanted to say which is a good preface into this mm-hmm. is that like you know I feel like as adults, our mind goes to, you read a submission like this and you go, okay, well, maybe this teacher isn't so bad. Like, maybe this is just a kid complaining about a teacher. But then you remember, like, teachers that you hated as a kid and you're like, mm. oh, that person was bad, was bitchy, was entitled, and nobody believes me. Your whole life as a child, you get gaslit about, like, your bad teachers. Um, so this teacher, I was telling my dad, like, this guy, Dr. Vincent, he's so awful, he's so bad. My dad said, I don't believe that he's as bad as you say. And then he gave me this crazy, like, pen that recorded, like, before, like, voice notes and everything. Mm -hmm. He was like, use this pen and, like, record all of your notes. 
or like record like everything he says. It's going to look like you're taking notes, but you're going to be recording him. So I did it and then I gave it to my dad and he listened and he was like, oh, no, no, no. This guy's the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the teacher at one point sang us like uh, he was like Marilyn Monroe sang to JFK. Happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with anything we were talking about. He just wanted to sing mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe's song to JFK. <laughs> He just wanted to have his moment in the sun. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like there are many bad teachers that. Oh, yeah. Your parents don't believe. And I think part of it is maybe like, you know, when I feel like a lot of teachers are really bad and hate kids, like you said. And it's like yeah. when you tell your parents over and over again that a teacher is bad, they're like, oh, well, you told me this one was bad. And there's no way that there's no way lightning can strike twice. Well, Yes, it can. <laughs> In yeah. fact. I was actually, I was listening to a recording of a friend of mine main for, uh, from high school in which a teacher that we both had uh, talks about how th- there was a recording in which this teacher that we both had to her class uh, was shouting at the class because she was blaming them for taking over the world one day and killing her. Basically saying, you guys are going to take over, you're going to run the world to shit, and I'm going to oh, die yeah. because it was like that. And just, yeah. just, just like really berating the class, and they were just sitting there like 17, just like, okay. <laughs> That's the kind of thing. It just shows no faith in kids. I feel yeah. like I had teachers like that, too, that was like, you guys better listen, because one day you're all going to be taking care of me. And it's like, yeah, not really, because you didn't take care of your elders you're st- you're in yeah. a classroom berating kids about how awful we all are meanwhile there's elders who are probably like help me yeah. teacher come to the nursing home and help <laughs> that's how they all sound okay i may cut this out but there is something i wanted to talk to you about we we may cut this out but so i made a tiktok about a um uh, about a teacher that I had who directed Les Mis when I was in high school and that while he was direct, he, he cast like 80 something people in the show, which is way overboard. I was going to um, say, does Les Mis have an 80 person cast? Do I say that again? Sorry. Does Les Mis even have an 80 no. person? <laughs> but the thing is he was a, he's a very childish person and he wanted it cast a lot of people because he wanted everyone to like him and to make a lot of people feel happy. Anyway, so he was directing me and a, a few other people on stage um, and everyone else was in, we're in the auditorium, everyone else is in the audience just chilling, chatting away, waiting to get used. And he, but he wanted everyone to be silent, which no one was going to be. And it, he got so mad, he got to the point where he said, all right, if I, cr- if I can't treat you like humans, I'm gonna treat you like animals, lie down on the ground. And he, <clears throat> he made everyone in the audience lie down, belly down on the ground, a handful of people stayed sitting in their seats. They were like, fuck you, I'm not lying down on the ground. This is bullshit. One of them being my very close friend uh, from growing up, Charlotte. And I always applaud her for that because if I was in the audience, I would have lied down on the ground. I, I would have laid like, oh, down. It would have been like, I'm yeah. the best at lying down in the whole world. Look yeah. at me. <laughs> yeah. But then he reached out to me recently because he is is running for a certain kind of public office and he <gasps> asked for and he asked for promotion on my TikTok account and I said I'm sorry I don't feel comfortable with this. 
this is a hundred. And we this can't was in, cut this out. We can't. Cut <laughs> and that man was Bill De Blasio. <laughs> Yeah, and and then he and then he had a minion, some an ex student of his, DM me on his behalf, being like, "Hey, did you hear from so and so? He he wants to talk to you about about something." And and I was like, and I genuinely because I was because I was email I was messaging uh, friends of mine from high school who we all had like the same opinion of this dude, and they were like, "Ask her if she's okay." <laughs> and so I asked her. I was like, "Are are you?" Is is anyone making you send this message against your will? Just, I was just like, are you doing this of your own volition? She was like, yeah. And I was like, mm, okay. Um, those teachers well. who are so awful always have like five people they treat like gold, and those people are always the ones who are like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. They've always been yeah. so nice to me, and those are the people who, unfortunately, yeah. also end up running for public office, and that's why we. Yeah, the Macaulay uh, Culkins for the Michael Jacksons of education. <laughs> Congress is run by a bunch of Macaulay Culkins. That would be better. I feel like Macaulay Culkin would get some shit done, even if it was just he's like well. give everyone a guitar. You know, he's healthy. He looks well. He's thriving. He, he's doing great. Good on him. I know he dated Brenda Song. I don't know if they're still together. They might still oh, yeah, be yeah. together. Yeah. Also dated Mila Kunis for a while. Really? Oh, that yeah. Mila. Wait, I thought she was still with Ashton. Oh no, this was way before Ashton. Okay. So is Mila still with Ashton? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, good for them. Yeah. Um, holy oh, wait, shit. So, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, so, I would say don't promote it on your TikTok. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to. Good. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. I genuinely thought about, I thought about doing this just as like to add insult to injury because I thought, okay, if he's sending this message to me, um, by the way, he sent me like a barrage of messages being like, hey, we could do this and this. Can you help me teach me about TikTok and like help me? Uh, great to talk to you, buddy. And he was like, it was uh, it was just so much. It reminds me of I in thought, Succession yeah. when the when Logan tells everyone to play board on the floor. It's like the CEO of the media company. Mm-hmm. He's he tells all of his employees like, I want you all to crawl around and slobber like pigs. Boar on the floor. Boar on the floor. <laughs> Oh my God. Reminds me of but, that. But I thought, okay, if he's sending me this message, he probably hasn't seen the TikTok that I made about him in which I was like very clearly slamming him. So I thought, wouldn't, it would be super cruel. I wasn't going to do it, but I, I was just fantasizing about like sending him that video and being like, hey, we could stitch this so that people could have a frame of reference for who you are. <laughs> I think you should, you got to send me that TikTok uh, off. off oh, I'll send it to you. Yeah. Okay, so should I read uh, another submission? Do it, do it, do it. Okay, so I was friends with this one girl in school last year. Over quarantine, and still, she keeps going out and partying and being reckless. Mm. When I try to look out for her, as a friend does, she gets super angry with me. She ended up blocking me on Snapchat for no apparent reason, but whenever I see her around school, she's super cool and smiley. When I think back to the entire time I've known her, she's always been a bitch to me. And I really don't know why I stay friends with her. I have a whole essay written out on the notes app expressing my try feelings. True feelings, I I guess. True feelings, yeah. Uh, Expressing my true feelings, calling her out on her BS and making her feel like a terrible person. But I've been too scared to send it to her. Should I? 
first off, I will actually applaud this person for basically just doing a brain dump on the notes app. Cause I think that's a very healthy thing to do to just express everything you want to say on some medium. Um, cause that was something my friend's mom told me to do basically like if you're ever, you're angry or if you're sad about something, write it out in like a diary just to express it and get those words out of your head. That's a very healthy thing to do. So, so I'm applauding you. That's a good thing. Um, I would say maybe send this to a friend you trust and getting their opinion on it uh, before you send it to anyone else. What, what would you say? Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that, you know, so if this is a close friend, it's probably worth, you know, talking to her about like how their behavior makes you feel, but not mm. in such a way where, I think in general, anytime something in the notes app says how you truly feel, that's not the message to send. That's the message, like you said, you write out first for yourself so that you don't send that message. Because you can either yeah. write something in the notes app or in a journal or whatever, or you can say it aloud to the person. And that's not what you want to do because it's ultimately not going to get your message across. It's just going to communicate yes. raw anger. If there is a message you want to get across, you could be like, hey, here's what I felt that your behavior like signified for me. And here's why I personally didn't like it. Um, and so for that reason, this was hurtful. That was hurtful. Yada, yada. Um, I would not send your first draft ever to any person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always, always some sort of peer review is good. And in general, anytime you got a, a grievance with someone, it, it is always better to have it said in person. It's always, it's always more honest, more respectful. Um, it's also harder for that person to escape from what you're saying. Whereas yes. if you're just sending them a message, they can choose not to read it or delete it or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. I get, I, but it seems like you have a good head on your shoulders. I will say that. I mean, like this person seems very reckless. Um, but yeah, you're also still in school. You're, you're young and, and dumb. And, and so. You're a fucking moron. Just kidding. <laughs> I do think that, yeah, anytime also that the message is inclined to, like, make someone feel like a terrible person, it's like, well, that's also not the goal. Your goal is to use I statements and be like, I felt this way because of something that you said yes. or did. Because that's all, that's all you can say. You can't say what stuff is or what happened. You can say, this is how I, this is what I think happened. This is how I feel. This is how you make me feel. This is the effect I think you're having on other people. Those are, yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's harder in quarantine because it is hard to see people in person. Um Yeah. So if you are going to send a wall of text, it should be a wall of text that's more about like uh you know, describing the specific things that you didn't like but not being like you fucking bitch because that they're not going to take anything in you say after that. I mean, people mm. just shut down when it becomes epithets as much as you think it's like Yeah when it's raw anger, you're like, I want to hurt this person as much as possible, but it's not yeah. actually the way to get something to lodge into their brain. And then Ultimately, yeah. I was going to say, and then like, if your goal isn't actually to communicate with this person, if ultimately they're not a friend you want to keep, you could just write that wall of text. And then, yeah, like you said, read it to another friend. Um, Cause that's therapeutic in itself. And then just never send them anything. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. So I think, I think we're actually getting on in time. So how about one more and Let's then we will call it a day. Okay. I like this one. I don't have a story, but rather a question. What do y'all think of thirst traps on TikTok? 
And what kind of thirst traps do you see most? For me, I'm a queer mixed race lady and I get a lot of thirst traps made by mostly Asian dudes, hot or cosplayers. Sure. Mm. And while they are appreciated, part of me sometimes hates that I am not conventionally attractive enough to post such a thing. Like I wish I had the confidence to film one, but I also don't want to get caught by my mom one day. Also, are thirst traps supposed to make you horny on the spot? I have a really low libido. I used to identify as asexual before I realized I did have a smidge of sexual attraction. So my reaction to thirst traps is, ooh, I like the camera work, nice abs, or nice makeup, or whatever. Maybe that's why thirst traps don't always work for me. LOL. Whoa. There is so much going on there. A lot going on, for sure. <laughs> that's a so Would you read, like, the first... Um couple of sentences again or like um yes i don't have a story but rather a question what do y'all think of thirst traps on tiktok and what kind of thirst traps do you see the most so those are the first two things then she goes or yeah she said she's a woman um yeah that i mean she feels not conventionally attractive enough to post one that she also doesn't necessarily like feel horny when she sees them because it's like are thirst traps supposed to even do that why do people post one um yeah okay well i guess well first off do you have an opinion on seeing thirst traps on tiktok or other social media i don't have any other opinion to go ah that person's hot that was nice to see (laughs) i i sometimes post my own thirst traps but it's not Mm -hmm. when i like want to make people horny you know i'm like you know, I mean, I'm like a nice committed relationship. It's like, it's like when I'm Gabby, feeling. It's okay to say, it's okay to say you want to make people just a little bit. You can say it. It's okay. No, but it's not about that. It's like when I'm mm. fucking feeling myself, when I'm like, mm. this is like the hot, people are always like, oh, thirst traps are meant to get attention or whatever. Mm. They're not meant to get sexual attention, I think, because if, if I were single, oh, maybe they are, maybe they are meant to get sexual tension but by that logic i would only post a thirst trap if i was single you know what i mean and i agree Mm. if i was single i'd probably be posting different kinds of thirst traps than i do now but yeah the thirst trap the reason i would post something like on and i'm talking like on instagram or twitter because i don't really like know what a thirst trap on tiktok would even seem like or look like but i would post them when i'm like i like how i look today like how my hair looks i like how my face looks and I want other people to see it too, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so what this person said that they don't feel comfortable or unsure if they should post their straps. There is, I don't think that there's anyone who said you shouldn't post their straps. You can, you can post their straps for absolutely any kind of body or however you look. She says and, she and that, doesn't feel conventionally attractive enough to get to okay. to make one happen for herself. Well, I. Well, I guess there is like an ex- an understandable accepted standard of like what is conventionally attractive in sort of certain features or a certain type of figure. But I will say that that there is so much more variability in what people find attractive and who people find attractive. There is so much more variability in that realm. So if you're worried that people won't appreciate your thirst traps, I can guarantee there is at least someone, at least one person in the world who would go, oh, that that person looks good. She looks good. Yeah. And and maybe this person is afraid of hateful comments. And if that is something you're afraid of, I can rest, I hope this person, it's a girl. I, yeah, it's a, she said she's a mixed race lady. 
Yes. Rest assured that even the people who you might deem are conventionally attractive, they also get hateful comments by the shit ton. So that is just that is just a, a given on social media is you are going to get people who are going to try to tear you down to make you, to make you feel as bad as they do. Um, and then they and then she also talks about like a weird experience as like asexual, but not really. And like there's so much to, there's so much to unpack here. Because the idea was. Um, are thirst traps supposed to make you horny on the spot? Which mm. I don't think so, because then wouldn't we all be just looking at our phones and jerking off 24-7? I mean, everything <laughs> is so... I mean, I'm sure some people do it, but everything is so sexualized that I think yeah. when I see a thirst trap in another person, you know, my friends post them, and I'm like, oh, like, that's awesome. Like, look at people yeah. feeling their bodies and expressing themselves. Uh, on TikTok, I think actually I do know what a TikTok thirst trap seems like. Isn't it just like when teenage boys are just like me in your math yeah, just, class staring at you? <laughs> yeah. Me playing guitar to ask your dad if, or just, if or I like can have your hand shirt- for the prom. Or like being shirtless and just turning and just like, oh. and then you just like see their chiseled abs and shit. Don't you like, want yeah. me to make you breakfast? <laughs> them like cooking one egg badly it's like oh yeah no, i want an or, egg that's cooked well <laughs> yeah or if it's like if it's like a woman who's like in a bikini top with like really really big boobs and she's like cooking something and, and like <laughs> but it's very clear that what the algorithm picked up on her people's just eyes glued to things <laughs> that happened to uh sylvie posted a uh a selfie on twitter that was like uh who wore it better me or the tree and the Gabby, fucking thing, I, <laughs> you saw I, it? Yeah, <laughs> it, I saw it. It cropped to just her boobs, and she just gained <laughs> she gained like 20 follower, like new followers. <laughs> so her next tweet was, she like posted links uh, for people to donate um, for like housing justice. And she was like, this goes mm. out to the 20 new followers I gained who were just looking at my tits. Like, can you also donate to these links if you want to see me so badly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my funny. God. So there are accidental thirst traps as well. Um, yeah. But I don't think they're supposed to, maybe for the rare breed, it, it makes the person horny on the spot. It's not my yeah. experience of them. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say necessarily. I mean, like, there's definitely the response where you just go, oh, damn, that person's hot. And it's just, like, very, just, like, reptilian brain. Just like, uh. There yes, is, that absolutely. does happen. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't make you then, there's no, like, call to action with that. It's just going, like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A call to action. I keep using action. business terms. <laughs> Circle back. Call to action. <laughs> Watch the space. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, yeah. But it's it's like I do think one thing this person is hitting on which is a really interesting point is like how when you're a young person, you know, maybe your feelings about sex are like wrapped up in like emotion or like mm. you're interested in one specific person and there's all this messaging out there that just wants to fuck you. You know, you go on TikTok and you see all these muscly people or like, you know, POV, I'm the boy in your math class who stares at you all day and like Oh my god, there's so many of those, yeah. It just or POV, wants, it, I'm your girlfriend and, and it's just someone going, Hey King, <laughs> could you talk to me about um your Star Wars action figures again? Like it's almost tongue in cheek, but it's all yeah. Okay. There's so many different it's become its own genre, like a subgenre of TikTok of like POVs. 
Um, There's so many different yeah. ways the world wants to fuck you, you know, as you grow up and you're like, you either love it or you hate it and everyone yeah. reacts to it differently. And I feel like this person is going, well, wait a minute. I don't want to fuck everything I see. What's the deal? What's the deal <laughs> with wanting to fuck everything I see? <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to. Everything's personal choice. Um, you don't have to post thirst traps. If you do post thirst traps, they can be mm-hmm. because you think you're beautiful. And that leads me to my next thing I wanted to say, which is about this person saying, oh, I don't find myself conventionally attractive. That feels to me like something like someone said to her once and like it just stuck in her head. You know, I I uh, thought a different thing. What I thought was that she is maybe looked at like movie stars, models, singers, whatever, mm. and and thought, I don't look like this person. Therefore, I am not attractive. That's what I thought. That's what I was thinking of. Just like the the subconscious uh, comparing that um, yeah. this girl might have done. That's what I thought. It's, and thirst traps, honestly, like, you know, by no fault of anyone's own, like, can reinforce that too. Like, just by yeah. mistake, you know, like, it can, you know, you look at your Instagram over and over and you're like, all these people, like, I don't look like that. Like, uh, but I don't know. At the end of the day, it's interesting. Because, um, like, it really just comes down to your own confidence level. Yeah. Like I, I was watching the Nancy Myers movie, The Holiday. And Cameron Diaz's character meets Jude Law's character. Oh, and I love that movie. It's a great movie. And she tells movie. him at one point, um, she says, my ex-boyfriend said I was bad at sex. And then he, Jude Law's like, how can you, how can that be possible? It's really not that difficult. And she was like, I don't know, but you don't forget a comment like that. And then they have sex. And the next morning, Jude Law is like, your ex-boyfriend was wrong about you. And it's just one of those things where, like, if someone tells you you're bad at sex or, like, you're not conventionally attractive or mm. whatever, that just sticks in your mind. But then the next person yeah. is going to come and be like, who told you that? Because I don't think so at yeah. all. So I hope that's helpful. Exactly. The first person to, like, put an opinion on something that you're vulnerable about is going to define your world until the next person who says something different. And that's – it's kind of like how – it's kind of like a first breakup. Like your first breakup is just going to feel like you're being ripped apart because you've never gone through that before. Right. And it's just, it's sort of, it's sort of like a, a tidal wave or a fire. You just sort of have to go through that. Hopefully you don't have to go through, but it's something that is very typical. It's like the first time Moses yeah. parted the red sea. Yeah. As opposed to the other times he did, <laughs> like just going back and forth to Egypt. <laughs> I heard tidal wave. I thought of that. I think, I think you're confusing Moses for Harriet Tubman. <laughs> yes, you know, classic me, confusing Moses for Harriet Tubman. <laughs> that is just so me, Lucas. I'm always like, who was it? Who freed the, the, who helped people on the Underground Railroad? Was it Moses? Who led the Jews through Israel? Was it Harriet Tubman? I don't know. <laughs> ah! <laughs> And on that note, on that note, <laughs> we will say we will see you next time for another episode of Two Nosy Meerkats. Thank you very much. Please um, keep submitting uh, to uh, if you go on our Instagram at Two Nosy Meerkats, you will find a link to our um, submission form where you'll be able to submit your stories, habits, fears, interests, whatever um, for us to comment on. Please follow us on uh, YouTube as well, where we also post all our episodes. Uh, and thank you very much. Gabby, anything to say? You're welcome. No, just kidding. Thank you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And have a good night.